Welcome to the Market Pulse podcast from Equifax, where we break down the latest economic and credit insights to help you navigate today's business landscape. Today on the Market Pulse Monthly, we'll touch on a number of timely topics, including the potential for another round of stimulus benefits and the potential shape of the recovery. We'll also look at current trends for both consumer credit and small business. I'm your host, Teresa Fries, Demand Marketing Leader at Equifax, and joining me today are Chris Dorides, Deputy Chief Economist at Moody's Analytics, Chris Walker, Senior Director of Product Management at Equifax, David Fieldhouse, Director of Credit Analytics at Moody's Analytics, and Sarah Briscoe, Senior Data Scientist at Equifax. Thank you all for joining me today. Thanks, Thank Teresa. Thank you, Teresa. So let's dive in. Chris, let's start with the broader economic landscape. Where do we go from here? So thanks again for having me. So yeah, clearly it does feel like something else is is happening. And I think of the economy today as really being right in the eye of a hurricane, right? We had that first wave of the hurricane back in March, April with the COVID uh, coming into play and the shutdowns going into effect. We, after that, we kind of entered the eye of the hurricane as we provided some stimulus to the economy and, the, and uh, parts of the country did start to open up once again. And now it feels like we're about to go on the other side of this, this hurricane. And for that reason, I do think the next six, 12 months are going to be a struggle. I think there is going to be some uh, pain when it comes to, you know, businesses going out, out of business, uh, because they've received some support. But, uh, now that that support is ending, I do expect to see a number of uh, businesses failing and that's going to take a lot of, uh, jobs, uh, down with them. So yeah, I, th- I think the next few months are going to be, uh, are going to be a struggle when we uh, are dealing with the virus, dealing with the uh, lack of uh, support, fiscal support coming from Congress. There are some uh, brighter spots out there, so I don't think things are falling off the cliff, uh, but I, I think we have to be prepared for some leaner times uh, ahead until we, we see some brighter days here. Do you see that having a, a short-term impact on consumer spending? Absolutely. I I think the uh, stimulus, the uh, expanded unemployment insurance that we've been providing uh, to folks has been instrumental in keeping credit card balances, other balances, other consumer debt uh, products, uh, keeping their delinquency rates relatively low. Uh, The the extra money definitely helps in an environment where you do have such high unemployment. and We still have 30 million people who are receiving some form of unemployment insurance uh, uh, benefit every week. So still, a lot of households and families are dependent on that aid. So despite the fact that we've seen some improvement in the labor market, and certainly hope to see that that continue, uh, I think you are going to see a number of families really struggling here until uh, that labor market does fully heal, heal and we create some new opportunities. So Chris, you mentioned a moment ago that there are some bright spots, that it's not all doom and gloom. Can you share what those are? Yes, sure. So clearly there have been some industries that were in the right place at the right time, if you will. So any company offering video conferencing services or any of the businesses that have been able to successfully transition to online or delivery, uh, certainly they're they're doing all right. And uh, their employees have fairly stable prospects. Some of them are even uh, getting some wage increases. So there are certainly some winners, if you will, some some industries that that are moving forward. Another interesting stat I just uh, ran across was the number of uh, new business applications. So this actually this stat is actually uh, up over the last uh, few months. So you do see some revival of uh, entrepreneurship. Now it might be too early to 
see how far this actually goes. But that's certainly a, a positive sign that the people who may be out of work are looking ahead, are still remaining optimistic and looking for ways to increase their income, find new opportunities by starting their own business. So I do think that you know there's still a lot of resiliency in the U.S. economy. Uh, just going to take some time to work through this uh, latest period. And certainly we need to deal with the virus before we can move ahead. Good point, Chris. And another question that we often get is, you know, what direction will the economy take? So in terms of the, the shape of recovery or how does this, mm -hmm. how does this, uh, this economy uh, grow from here? You know, economists have come up with all sorts of letters of the alphabet of how things uh, might progress. Right? We had the, the V-shaped recovery, which seems less and less likely where we went down hard and we can rebound uh, very quickly. Uh, right now, it looks like more of a, a check mark or extended check mark where we had that sharp drop in activity uh, earlier in the year as we were shutting down on much of the country. And then as we've been reopening and we've been adding back jobs uh, to the economy, we've slowly seen things improve over time. Now, uh, there is certainly risk of some uh, downfall after this, some weakness uh, going forward, uh, but we do expect to see the economy kind of chugging along, if, if you will, overall over the next uh, few quarters here. And then once we do get a vaccine or a therapeutic, or we have some way to really deal with the virus, then we do expect to see some acceleration. Now that said, uh, I would say that the economy really is more of this K-shaped type of recovery in the sense that you do have some people who are doing really well, right? people who have, had, who have um, exposure to the stock market, people who are able to work from home, whose jobs permit them to do so. They're doing relatively well, I would say. And you can see that in terms of home sales and auto sales, but there's certainly another part of the, uh, the country that is on a very different path, much more uh, serious downward uh, type of path. Folks who have been working in leisure and hospitality industry, for example, or the tourism industry or the airlines, right? There certainly are a number of industries that are still uh, on their backs in terms of trying to mount a recovery here. And that's really going to take, it's really going to take some time for those industries to recover. So I, I would say it's, it is truly this K shape where you have one part of the country doing well and actually seeing some increase and another part of the country that is really moving in the opposite direction. And we have to, so really uh, look for ways to support that part of the economy if we want to see the whole uh, economy moving forward once again. So we're talking with Chris Dorides, Deputy Chief Economist at Moody's Analytics. Uh, Chris, as far as we touched on the consumers very briefly, let's talk more about consumer spending and potential impact on consumers. What we're seeing is uh, some very strong changes or very large changes in the way consumers are spending. So we are a service-based economy. About 70% of all uh, consumption goes to services. And yet, in, in this latest uh, shock, uh, due to the coronavirus, we've seen that services have taken, has the service sector has taken the largest hit, right? All, all parts of the economy are certainly down, whether that's uh, durable goods or non-durable goods. Those uh, sales are also down, but they're not down as large uh, in percentage terms as what we've seen in services. So we do see consumers really cutting back on services of all kinds, uh, whether that's financial services or uh, you know, restaurant uh, type of services, so people eating out. Right? Across the board, you see people ha have had to uh, cut back. Some of that's been by choice, right? In the sense that you know we are in this uncertain time, uh, people are cutting back, and then of course 
with lockdowns, some of these, some of the spending just can't happen because you can't go to a restaurant or you can't uh, engage in entertainment services or a lot of tourism services. So you see that cutback and you see folks really focusing more of their spending on essentials. So you've seen grocery stores, drugstore sales continue to well. You've seen people uh, shopping, putting more uh, investment in their homes. So building garden centers have, have been uh, improving in terms of their sales. And now you're seeing also that autos are are increasing in, in, in terms of their sales as well as, as people try to avoid uh, public transportation. So you do see this shift in uh, spending uh, uh, certainly that's going on with people substituting away maybe some from some of the vacation spending they would have done or eating out at, at restaurants and putting more of that spending into other areas. We're going to take a quick break, and then we will talk with Chris Walker of Equifax and David Fieldhouse of Moody's Analytics and dig more into consumer spending. So back after this quick break. Do you need more insight into small business financial stress and default risk? Check out our PayNet Small Business Delinquency Index. It features segmentation into more than 130 indices. Plus, you'll get the visibility you need to set credit oversight policies and more. See our show notes for more information on our PayNet Small Business Delinquency Index. Welcome back. We're joined now by Chris Walker, solutions expert on all things credit trends here at Equifax, and David Fieldhouse, Director of Credit Analytics at Moody's Analytics. Before the break, Chris Doridi spoke to the potential impact of our rapidly evolving economy on consumers. So, Chris, what trends are we already seeing in the consumer credit? Yeah, that that's a good question. Really, uh, as a follow-up to what uh, you know, Chris was leading, uh, what Chris was explaining in uh, with his talk was. When we look at uh, the consumer, you know, correction space, um, we have seen uh, a couple of products that uh, where there has been, you know, sort of rising balances, albeit well below that of uh, sort of the pre-COVID period. Uh, but one of those is auto, and I know um, Chris mentioned that as well, and um, that's one that that we've been, um, you know, seeing rise. Uh, and and as of recent, uh, we've also been noticing from a form of, you know, possible accommodation uh, that. Uh, there's been a drop off there um, for the auto sector. And now that seems to be relaying uh, into a, a rise as well uh, in auto uh, delinquency. And we've noticed a slight rise there um, for the second uh, week in a row. So, Chris, let's stay with that for just a moment. You mentioned that we're starting to see we're starting to see a drop in possible accommodations for auto. And that that might be translating into delinquencies. Tell me a little bit a little bit more about that. Yeah, it, exactly. So um, since the, you know, enactment of the CARES Act, uh, obviously with the possible, one of the six forms of possible accommodations being, you know, placed on the file by a particular product, uh, we've been, you know, trending that. And, and overall, it's trended down, you know, slightly over the last, you know, four or five weeks. But auto in particular has had the largest decline uh, in possible accommodation, and it's uh, mainly come from a, uh, from two codes. One of those uh, is the disaster code um, that lenders would use to report that form of possible accommodation to us, and the other is inferred, um, where you know we are calculating and inferring um, that that uh, loan is under a possible accommodation by looking at um, you know one the balance and two uh, the scheduled payment amount. Um, and in that case, the scheduled payment amount would be zero, but yet it would have a balance. So we're using that as inferred. So those two um, codes 
have been declining uh, the greatest for auto over the last uh, few weeks. And uh, now we're seeing uh, an uptick over the last uh, month of auto delinquencies. Um, so we're seeing those slightly uh, rise week over week. Thank you. And David, let's stick with auto. What are you seeing on the forecast side of things? Well, we are definitely uh, forecasting some problems in auto. So when we, you know, we forecast a lot of the, the series that CRISP produces and what we are seeing sort of towards the end of the year is definitely a rise in, in delinquencies. Uh, so we, and this is coinciding with the labor market uh, still having problems and all the stimulus money beginning to dry up uh, or at least not be as plentiful as it was earlier in the year. So we are anticipating some problems. It seems to be a little bit worse with the finance lenders and a little bit worse in the subprime space. So there, there are definitely some pockets out there where uh, there, there are going to be problems. It, it appears overall, though, that we may come in with a bit of a softer landing than we were thinking a couple months ago. So we, we do anticipate problems. There's still uncertainty out there. Uh, but but uh, ultimately, it's maybe not to the height of what we saw during the financial crisis. So while we're on the topic of auto, what what interesting things are we seeing today in the data? Yeah, to echo what Chris Dorides was saying earlier, in the auto space, it's, it's actually turned out stronger than was anticipated. If we look at demand, measures of demand or we look at prices for automobiles, they're actually very, very strong. Uh, we, we do know that people are avoiding mass transit. We do know that people are, at least a portion of the population is moving out of fairly dense urban areas uh, to suburbs and more remote areas. So this is all helping the demand for vehicles. And earlier this year, supply chains were were disrupted. Uh, so there was a, a, a bit of a limited supply for automobiles. And consequently, you're actually seeing very, very high used car prices today. It's, it's much higher than I think we were anticipating several months ago. Um, it, it does definitely seem like there's a healthy demand out there for automobiles, um, and which is also bearing out in the credit trends data when we look at those origination series. Do you have the economic and consumer credit performance you need? With creditforecast.com, a joint product created by Equifax and Moody's Analytics, you can access data, forecasts, scenarios, analyses, and more from analysts you trust. Learn more in our show notes or visit creditforecast.com today. Welcome back. We're joined now by Sarah Briscoe, Senior Data Scientist here at Equifax. Thank you for joining us, Sarah. Thank you for having me. So, Sarah, we've gotten a great update on the macro economy and also on consumer credit just before the break. We're going to shift gears now uh, to the impact and outlook for small businesses. So, Sarah, what are the biggest trends that you're seeing with small businesses today? Small business is really nuanced right now. We're seeing some location-specific trends and some industry-specific trends based on the nature of the recovery. So there is overall national growth in lending. Uh, light delinquency, like 30 to 90 days past due, is improving compared to the prior few months. It actually kind of peaked in June for most of the adversely affected industries. 
Um, but we are seeing uh, delinquency that is severe, you know, 90 days past due or defaults. Those are on the rise still. So it's not all bad. It's not all good. It's a bit of a mix right now. Where are you seeing, if we if we take a look at the U.S., where are those pockets of opportunity? Where Where do you see the positive news on the small business front? It's interesting that northern states like the Dakotas, uh, Iowa, Montana, Idaho, Minnesota, uh, those are seeing generally lower risk, uh, generally higher risk in the south, in the west. States like California are, are more risky right now. Um, and then we are also seeing big increases, uh, New Jersey, New York, Massachusetts, as compared to, say, six months ago in delinquency. Uh, but those are improving because of the, uh, the improvement in the economy in those states. So it, it's, it's high compared to six months ago for Atlantic states, but it is looking better recently. Chris Dorides mentioned with the economy um, earlier in the episode that we tend to be in the eye of the hurricane, that it's that calm. And he he had alluded to the fact that we may see a, a strong uptick in, in business closures. Mm-hmm. Do you see that in the data? Are you seeing that um, indicated in the data? Yes. Yeah, I completely agree with him. Uh, the improvements that we're seeing in light delinquency, like 30 to 90 days past due, and some of the research that we've done in the data is showing that lending institutions are more willing right now to work with the businesses. So there's a lot of work out where maybe you make half a payment, something like that, and the delinquency gets forgiven. That's very common happening right now, uh, or just forbearance generally for small businesses. But because we're also seeing defaults on the rise, that tells us that conditions are still not good. And the forbearance that's given to businesses with light delinquency is not being extended to businesses that may have been in distress at the start of the pandemic or are in more severe distress right now and can't make any payments at all. Thank you, Sarah. And so as you're taking a look at forbearance trends and and the light delinquency, as you mentioned, the 30 to 90 day and the trends that you're seeing, are you finding that industry by industry? What are you seeing? Yeah, certainly uh, by industry, it's it's very obvious the the nature of the recession and the nature of the recovery. So industries that haven't been able to reopen or haven't been able to fully reopen, like arts and entertainment, uh, restaurants, accommodations, and food is the next code, uh, or healthcare, and other retail businesses are still suffering. Uh, whereas something like construction is doing really well, delinquencies down, lending is up, we see a lot of forbearance being extended if it's if the construction business is in a place where uh, there are still lockdown measures. So it, it is very industry specific. And what Chris Dorides alluded to earlier um, in the segment also when we were discussing the economy is that we're so service oriented. The restaurant industry and others are negative, negatively impacted, but things such as home improvements and garden centers and those things are doing very well. Are you seeing the same in the data? Yeah, something like construction. Transportation is also improving a little bit. We are seeing improvement there as the supply chains kind of open up, Uh, but we are seeing some opening up there. Retail businesses 
uh, it's it's very difficult for them right now. There there is some reopening, but it's still not at the level that it was. Uh, in a lot of cases, that's that's very evident in the data with the defaults, particularly on the rise for those industries. And so right now, it's I'm seeing extremely location and industry specific recovery, but nothing is is really up to the level that it was at the time that this pandemic started. So, Sarah, are there any interesting data points that are really popping out that that really stand out to you right now in the in the insights? Healthcare, I think, is is a really interesting one. People talk a lot about restaurants and retail, but healthcare is actually uh, one of the industries that are suffering the most. If you think about it, it makes sense. People aren't coming in for elective surgeries. They may be delaying those surgeries. They're hesitant to go to the doctor. They're hesitant to go even to the dentist. So that we actually saw a peak in delinquency in June that was even higher than the Great Recession for healthcare. Um, so that that industry is really having a tough time just due to the nature of the pandemic. Um, and we are seeing some slight improvement in July, but it's still extremely elevated delinquency and default in that in that segment. So, Sarah, if we look out a few months, you know, what are some positive indicators? Uh, you know, is there anything positive in the outlook? The positive note here is that the delinquency is down, light delinquency is down, and that is a forward-looking indicator. So the uh, the 91 to 180 days past due index is is a little bit lagging. So we saw a peak already in the 30 to 90 uh, earlier in the pandemic, and now we have the 91 to 180 uh, coming to a peak as well in the next couple of months. So if we follow the same trend that we're seeing now and the forbearance and all of that carries over, it is a positive outlook on the delinquency sense. Uh, because all of the industries are down, even the hard hit ones uh, for the light delinquency. And so that is generally forward looking and it is indicative of, of the trends we should see in the near future. Uh, what is hard to incorporate there is is the trends around economic policy, any stimulus, any vaccines that that could potentially improve or not improve the situation. Uh, obviously, everyone is hoping for improve. Thank you, Sarah. We'll be right back for some closing thoughts after this quick break. Do you have the tools you need for adequate forecasting and risk management? Start with the differentiated consumer credit insight and credit trends by Equifax. Credit trends is a powerful intelligence tool that delivers the holistic perspective you need to better understand your portfolio and trends in today's changing economic conditions. Learn more about credit trends through the link in our show notes. We touched on a number of timely topics today, the potential for another round of stimulus benefits, the potential shape of the recovery. We looked at current trends for both consumer credit and small business insights. To discuss these topics in more detail, we do encourage you to reach out to your Equifax or Moody's Analytics account executive today. We invite you to join us on October 1st in the first Thursday of each month for our Market Pulse webinar series. We take a deeper dive into economic and credit insights as well as accommodations and employment and income trends, and additional timely topics aimed at helping businesses better navigate today's environment. You can register today at equifax.com forward slash market pulse. And if you liked the format of today's podcast, join us on the third Thursday of each month for the Market Pulse Monthly. 
Future topics we'll tackle include the potential impact of the elections on the economy, current trends in mortgage lending and other product lines, as well as consumer spending trends as we head into the holiday season. Thank you once again to our guests, Chris Dorides and David Fieldhouse from Moody's Analytics, and Chris Walker and Sarah Briscoe from Equifax. That's all the time we have for today. Be sure to tune in next month for the new Market Pulse monthly podcast series from Equifax. Thank you for listening. The information and opinions provided in this podcast are intended as general guidance only and are subject to change without notice. The views presented during the podcast are those of the presenter as of the date this podcast was recorded and do not necessarily reflect official positions of Equifax. Investor analysts should direct inquiries using the contact us box on the investor relations section at Equifax.com.